Hi everyone, I'm Anna Brailsford, the CEO of Code First Girls, and welcome back to the Code First Girls podcast. This is a space to have conversations and share stories about technology, entrepreneurship, career development, and education with some absolutely amazing women who are at various stages of their careers. And today we have the fantastic Carol Johnson joining us. Uh, Just to give you some context, Carol is an award-winning IT director at The Telegraph who pioneered a school project to encourage girls into tech roles. Her success is built around transforming IT operations, driving behavioural change and instilling a service culture. Carol is also the founder of the Unique Women in Tech Not Just Code community and is on a mission to find as many role models in tech whilst dispelling the myths and sound bites that hold women back. Carol, welcome to the show. Hi, Anna. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're most welcome. And, and how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling tired today. It, it was a bit of a hot and humid night last night. So yes, feeling a bit low, but this is going to boost me up no, no end. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this is, this is going to be this is going to be energy, the energy we need. Um, Carol, we would love to know a little bit more about how you got where you are today and you know, your role at the, the Telegraph and, and what that's like. Yeah, sure. Um, I sometimes wonder how I got here myself. Um, I, I get asked that question a lot now, and it, it took me a while to realise it. But I started out as a human email, and I'm now the IT director. Um, and, and that's because in, in the days that I started at work, uh, computers weren't really a thing. We had mainframes and uh, didn't have desktop PCs in the way that we have today. So in order to get messages around the company, I literally used to take memos out of in trays uh, of filing cabinets and pass them to departments. But but actually, you know, having had the opportunity to look back and think about my career and how I got here, that was an amazing experience because I got to see so many parts of the business and the organisation and meet lots of people. Um, and that really is something that's, that sort of sticks with me, makes me think that's that's what we need to make sure we don't lose sight of all the time, you know. And I think the other aspect as well is having transferable skills. So having that introduction to other people, meeting other departments. And I remember the first day the, the computer arrived in the office and I was beside myself. I mean, of course, at school, we didn't have computer studies because computers weren't a thing. And I was desperate to, to use this thing. I was really excited about it. Um, but I wasn't allowed because I was too young. So everyone else got to play with it except me. So I got myself in a few courses. I learned uh, typing because I was a two-finger typist. I learned very quickly what was I was starting to enjoy and I wanted more of it. So I kept asking for it. And um, when I was eventually allowed uh, the opportunity to work on the computer, uh, and you know, it was word processing that I was dealing with, and I was writing my own macros. I picked up a magazine at a news agents. I learned how to you know get text to go around the edge of a, a page, which people just found amazing. I found it fascinating the things you could do, and I just I wanted to learn more. And, and the other aspect for me was it just made sense. You know, I knew where things were on a menu. I didn't I didn't have to read a manual. It just made sense to me. And so I spent a lot of time in the IT department asking them questions. And actually, sometimes I didn't didn't know what I needed, but I kind of just asked for their advice. And they they were very open and helpful. And that that, again, sort of propelled me to the next level as I was uh, I joined a 
one company where um, I, I arrived as a secretary administrator. But it was great because I really got immersed into it. I was sent on courses. I learned how to build email servers. I learned how to build firewalls. And before I knew it, I was uh, running um, uh, networks across Europe and setting them up and then and moved into managing those teams, which I look back now, I, I kind of think, gosh, how the heck did that happen? Um, and uh, from there, I... I it's quite interesting. We're just about to go through, or we are in a recession now. This will be my third recession in my career. Um, and at the last one, I was, uh, I've had five redundancies in my career. So I think that was always a challenge for people in technology. How do you keep yourself current? How do you, you know, technology at that time was also uh, lots of engineers and uh, um, consultants. So how could I, how could I stand out in, a, in the crowd? Uh, I used my redundancy money to uh, do a, a, a study of ITIL. I did the uh, red badge exam. And at that time, I was one of very, very few people who had the red badge. Um, and uh, again, being a woman in technology at that stage, it, it, it was easy to get access to jobs at that point. And I was, for the first time in my life, I was turning jobs down rather than sort of chasing them. Um, and I think that's really where my career started to propel as, as I was being recognized as somebody with that kind of experience uh, with, you know, I have hands on technology. I have people management experience um, and, it, and it's gone from strength to strength. Two things that strike me about what you've said. The first is the, the extent to which it sounds like computers have, have kind of been almost, um, you know, instinct to you. It sounds like you, you sort of, very naturally reacted and, and, and grown. And the, the second thing is, is this sense of almost uh, constantly iterating yourself, you know, that, that tech moves quickly and that, 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 that you are growing and you are changing uh, with technology. And through doing so, you've, you've managed to sort of get to the position that you're in. Absolutely. I, it's been a huge enabler for me uh, as a person, but I, I also love the fact of what it can do for other people. I love the fact that it, it helps organisations, it helps individuals. You know, we look at what we've got going on in the world today with, you know, pharma tech and it's incredible. And I love learning about um, new ideas. Um, I'm always trying to find out what's possible. And, and one thing I say to, to people I work with or people that I mentor is, if you think something ought to be possible, it probably is. And if it isn't, then we need to find a way to make it possible. And obviously, you've in, uh, highlighted the importance of education, um, you know, and the fact that you use that redundancy money, which must have been a difficult time um, to invest in yourself, because you knew that that was something that would, um, you know, stand, stand for the good for the future. Yeah, it was it was a difficult time. And, and at that point, I'd had quite a few redundancies already. And so you think, well, Craig, have I taken the wrong path? The other aspect is that, um, you know, I didn't actually do very well at school. I, I didn't enjoy school at all. Um, I came away with two O-levels. Um, and this was an opportunity where I could feel confident about something and really sort of show a, a, a bit like a badge, you know, that I have this, I have this knowledge and experience. You know, being able to communicate to other people what you're capable of can be quite a challenge. Um, and, you know, that is a starting point to be able to say, I have this, but it's not the only thing. 
So, uh, Carol, I, I also get this sense that, um, you know, you mentioned that, that you, you had two O-levels and that, you know, you, you took a certificate. The traditional education, um, you know, didn't um, define you. You were able to go outside of that and you were able to find alternative routes to being in a, in a, in a career, in, in a digital career. Yeah, it's um, the key thing is to always ask questions, you know, and when opportunities come come along, you know, grab them. I've I've because of the, the, the interest that I had in the technology when, you know, yearly budgets are coming up and people say, what training courses do you need? I'm looking for that. In fact, the first courses I did when I was in the job where I had the computer for the first time, I was doing a diploma in business studies to learn what it's like to be in business. Um, And then at the same time, doing the word processing course. And again, the interaction with other people in the technology departments and having those conversations, tea breaks, lunch breaks or whatever, and seeing what they were doing, I think there's nothing better than seeing something to get energized by it and then wanting to explore it more. So that way I was able to go to events, for example, or I'd be introduced to somebody who maybe had um, some knowledge. We talk a lot about leaders, but I think we all have to be leaders of ourselves. Quite important. You hope people will notice you day to day in the role that you're doing. I, I think even in the last few years, Uh, My career has sort of pivoted again. I never expected to be an IT director. In fact, I never uh, wanted to pursue it. It felt like something too far away for me anyway. But actually, through good mentorship, discussions with other people, I learned I could be the IT director that I wanted to be, not the IT director that I saw was already out there. But I don't think I could have been in that position to take that route if I had not asked questions or been... Uh, keen to learn or explore opportunities and show that interest. A lot of our community um, are responding to the the narrative right now that you know you are very much defined by your education, and you know we have to get women taking more STEM qualifications and get more women into computer science. What? Code for Girls does is is um, make education accessible to women who might not necessarily be from those backgrounds. What do you say to, to this argument that um, you know it's the only way to do, and, and you're you're defined by that path and defined by those qualifications? I would say that you you can be defined by that, but you don't have to be defined by that. And I think it's important to remember we are all individuals. We all have different ways of learning. Some people know their path. Some people don't figure out their path until they think it's too late, but it's never too late. I, I think what Code First Girls is doing is, is fantastic. And, you know, I ran a project uh, to bring what I call technology for everybody into the classroom because, frankly, every job we have today involves a level of, you know, computer literacy. We all have phones generally. We all have access to computers. Every job will have access to some kind of technology function or system Therefore, you know, having that understanding is is great, but it, it's not the be all and end all. Um, I have seen, and uh, and this is to some extent where w- women in tech, not just co, comes in. I have seen so many women and men actually start a career on one path, 
something obscure, for example, and then move into technology. And that's perfectly fine. Your transferable skills are important. You don't have to know code to be able to do those jobs. But what I love about this is become so interchangeable because you see coders and developers and engineers moving into some of those roles later on down the line when they don't want to be doing what they're doing anymore. Conversely, you see you know, some people in sales and marketing going, God, I love seeing what people are building. This is incredible. I want to do it. And, you know, starting off on a Python course and, and getting the and the, getting the bug, you know, and then they go off and do the most amazing things, building incredible websites. And I think, you know, COVID, we've seen some amazing work people have done from a volunteering perspective to help out the communities. So it, it doesn't define you, I don't think. And I think there's it's important that we share that um, to give hope um, um, that once you're on the path you don't have to be stuck there you can pivot and turn change but you can still still do this however old you are can we can we talk a little bit about your your career at the telegraph so uh, i love it there i think i've had so many opportunities um and you know people don't necessarily think of um a, a newspaper or, or media as somebody that can be a, a technology first company but we very much are my, my role at the Telegraph today is to make sure the paper goes out every day, the mobile and tablet apps are all working, all the content gets delivered to it, all the systems and services and infrastructure and applications and equipment that people need day to day to be able to provide a back office function or provide the amazing quality journalism that we have today uh, is all up and running. This is a team effort. When, when there's a realisation in, in an organisation that we all have the same purpose and the same goal, that becomes much easier. And I think the culture then can adapt. Think of it like this. So you have an, uh, most organizations start, uh, the, the busiest and craziest time of the day is, uh, is the beginning of the day. Whereas particularly in, in media, our deadlines are at the end of the day, but we don't, you know, we, we're ramping up. So things become quite critical between sort of five o'clock and eight o'clock at night. So that has a different, perspective for you as a as an individual when you know people join the organization that's a mind shift that's completely different to anywhere else you've worked usually what i have seen though um, is organizations but moving away from command and control which you know that that was the way that is kind of the industrial revolution has brought that about it's the way we, we do schooling as well it's that you do it this way and, and this way only but Bringing in the technology to help shape uh, the business or to shape some of the practices and reflecting on how we can pivot the ability for the rest of the organization to sort of see how that can benefit them as well. And you start to see HR departments moving to agile ways of working, having Kanban boards, seeing the opportunity is, is, is hugely important, which is why. You know, we are a company of first. We were the first national newspaper to have a, uh, a website. We were one of the first, if not the first, to have uh, the iPad edition. And we just keep evolving and, and iterating. I'm really curious. You've been at The Telegraph for, for 11 years. You must have seen some evolution in that time. I mean, to think of, I, I'm trying to remember sort of 11, 11 years ago, you know, how I perceive media changing and just how important digital media now is to the core business model 
of someone like the Telegraph, you must have witnessed and led a huge amount of change in that time. Yeah, it's it's um, quite funny, actually, because going back um, sort of at the beginning of, of my, my tenure there, bringing in some of the processes like transition and change, you know, we were an organisation that was able to get out a change in a, a system change, like probably once a month, once a week, if we were lucky, but probably once a month. And they were Herculean efforts to make that change. When you And that's on the digital side. If you look at it on the enterprise side, we were having projects that would take four years to happen. And by the time they completed, um, we were ready to do the next upgrade. That That's not sustainable. Um, and when you think about our news, you, get, you know, the news agenda is incredible. I mean, the, the cycle of news is constant. The, the changes have been around technology. Again, I was responsible for change management. And the change management processes were really rigorous because nobody wants things to break in enterprise very often. We, we hadn't touched systems for years because if you did it, break and we, it works. So why turn it off or why change it? That was really stifling progress for an organization. So I was asked to look at this in a, in a completely different way and find ways to remove barriers because what was happening is people were circumventing the process to try and make things happen, you know, sort of like we, we, the process was slowing down innovation. And I think that was another one of those pivotal moments for me when, when you realize, why have we got all these checks and balances in place? Where is the trust? Where is the accountability and where's the responsibility? And, and, and that's so important because if you want to be fast to market uh, with, you know, new ideas, you have to be agile. You have to come up with new ways of doing things. And you just don't survive as an organization. And, and, and to some extent, you as an individual don't survive in that role if you can't do that either. I know this is an obvious question, but I would love your perspective on it. The way that we fundamentally consume the news has changed. Absolutely. It's available everywhere. And it's sound bites. I think what's interesting when you when you think about the traditional newspaper and the, the lengthy read and the in-depth journalism that you have. We still have that, of course, and people still want that. And it's very easy with um, social media to have sound bites and snippets of information when you've got to go and deep dive. You can, you can, it <laughs> kind of reminds me a bit like EastEnders is in a way. You, you, you can not watch EastEnders for years, but you still get an idea of what the story is by just watching the first five minutes. It's just maybe a different character, but with the, with, with the news, you know, you get the headlines. You don't necessarily get the details when you look at some of these other applications. But when you start to get into the detail, you know, the, the, the breadth you can go to now on, on the digital platforms, you know, and interactions from people and commenting. And it's definitely changed. Um, but it's still people want quality journalism. So, Carol, our community has many examples of, of young you know, incredibly high achieving women who, um, you know, are excellent, but in many ways that can be intimidating, you know, for, for those of us that are just starting out. What would you say to uh, the women that are listening that, that feel a bit overwhelmed by examples of peers, um, you know, that are available through social media? Mm. That's uh, that's a great question. And, and it's something that really resonates with me because, I've looked around and, you know, I see some amazing people on platforms. I just felt like it didn't, it didn't resonate with me. Um, I, I couldn't see a path 
like that that I could follow. The important here is that you can be yourself and still get to those positions. And I think what I love as well is around the diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging. It's people's minds are being opened up to other possibilities rather than saying, in order to be at the top of this tree or, you know, the height of your, your game, you have to be an extrovert, for example, or you have to have achieved all of these amazing things. And it can be really demoralizing. But I think, Craig, if I can, if I can find a place to do this, I know other people can as well. And so you need to find a way to nurture your own brand. I mean, if you're happy doing the job you're doing, and you could be doing it forever in a day, that's fine. That's not a problem. And that's not a problem for other people. Right? We do need those individuals in organisations. But there are those who have a burning desire to try and achieve something that they can be recognized for but without standing from the rooftops bragging going hey hey look at me look aren't I amazing which for someone like me as an introvert there's no way I'm doing that but there is a middle ground of being able to tell your story and you have to invest in yourself recognize who you are recognize what you're capable of and start to think about where you need to go and what you want to do and obviously, you, you've um, you are know, a female leader in what many consider a male-dominated industry. I know at the the Telegraph, there's there's many senior female leaders. Number one, how how does it feel to be in a male-dominated industry? And and the second thing is, you know, maybe you could reflect a little bit about what that leadership journey's been like for you. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to be in a male-dominated environment? Um, you know, it's it's odd, but I never th- thought of it that way. I never really considered myself as a woman in tech or the only woman in tech or the only woman in a department, and that happened on many, many occasions. I never considered it. When I became the IT director uh, at The Telegraph, I suddenly had this overwhelming sense of responsibility that I would be looked towards by my my female colleagues to come up with you know words of wisdom or you know help help them in 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 this space particularly if they are uncomfortable in a male-dominated environment or feel like they're not having the kind of experiences that they they ought to be having so I really took it upon myself to try and understand what the, the issues were and the challenges were. And I hadn't appreciated that some of them that, that I was understanding now I had been through myself and I kind of had just I had just blocked it out. So I've become much more aware of what it what it's like. How does it feel today? It feels great. I love it. I love the fact that I am, you know, at, at the table being able to have conversations and reflecting back on what people need to be able to succeed. And I know that in the technology department, we're all of that same view and opinion. That's what we want to see happen. We want to see diversity of thought, diversity of leadership, and we absolutely encourage it. And so for me, being able to help also encourage that by by putting forward women for awards, um, bringing them together in communities, um, and, and volunteering and projects and things like that it's been really good and it really helps to sort of open people's eyes and minds up to what what's needed i uh, was reading a, an article the other day in that article it, it was mentioning that the the numbers uh for kind of hr professionals were either staying static or, or reducing 
uh, whereas the the numbers of positions for um, people within the diversity and inclusion space was um, you know, rapidly increasing, you know, given our, our our kind of in light of events that have that have taken place. Um, there is this real sense that I think that diversity and inclusion is is the way forward and very important for both individuals, leaders, and organisations to sort of recognise the importance of this and the impact that it has on people. Well, look, Carol, thank you so much for, for joining us today. That's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. This was a great conversation. And if you're like Carol and you're considering a rewarding career in technology and you don't have the traditional computer science-based background, then please go and explore some of the Code First Girls career switcher courses. They run multiple times a year and provide essential training in web development, Python, and app development, or even data science. It's a good way to start your tech journey, no matter what your current job or background. And to learn more, please check out some of those courses on codefirstgirls.org.uk forward slash learners. As ever, if you have any feedback, please send us a message. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd be, we'd be very happy with that. Um, Carol, thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, and we will speak to you soon. I shall look forward to it. Thanks, Anna. Mm-hmm.